Welcome to Presence Church's Sermon of the Week. We are so excited to share this powerful word with you. Um, two weeks ago, um, we talked on rest. How many guys remember? How many guys were there? Just raise your hand. I'm not going to say how many you weren't there. That... <laughs> Don't go there. <laughs> Some of you guys were getting married. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, but listen, hey, I, it, was, it was really fun for me to preach on rest. Rest's been something I've been going after for a couple years now, at least a year and a half or so. I got a hold of John Mark Comer's book, uh, Ruthless, The, the uh, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. I think that's what it's called, right? And, and if you haven't read it, it's a really good book. Um, there's lots of book on rest and, 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 well, Sabbath, all that stuff. But that was a really good one. Um, I, I've just been processing for over a year now, doing my best to figure out how to get this stuff into my life. Rest is not something you snap your fingers and you're good at. Rest is something that you begin to build rhythms around. Say rhythms. See, all of God is built on, I don't say all, most of what I see in, in God and heaven is built on rhythms, okay? Consistency, seasons, um, farming is built on rhythms, planting, sowing, all that stuff. So, and I, so it's no different for many of the disciplines that, he, that he's called us to that actually is not just so that we have something to follow and, and like, you know, obey him in. He actually gives us these rhythms he calls us to so that we would thrive in life. How many of you guys want to thrive in life? How many of you guys aren't? I'm just kidding. So... Listen, this is where we're going, right? Like, God is so amazing. He doesn't remind us where we're not doing. He keeps reminding us where we're going. And we are going into places of rest in this season. Everybody's talking about it. It just seems like the thing. But, um, but it really feels like what God's doing, okay? So two weeks ago, we talked about rhythm, uh, rest. Um, I, I shared a quick quote from Dallas Willard. Uh, it was a conversation he was having with one of his mentor, mentees, and it was really good. And um, Dallas basically said this. He says, hurry is the great enemy of spiritual life in our day. Hurry, say hurry. Hurry Hurry is the great enemy of spiritual life in our day. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. There's something on that just kind of gets me. I'm like, ruthlessly. Wow, that's uh, strong. And so I've just been processed. We talked about that last week uh, or two weeks ago. I share that hurry and love are incompatible. Hurry and love are incompatible, all right? Which means that if you're in a hurry, your ability to love the people around you, love yourself, love money things, are, are, are I would say not, I don't know if it's completely un, un, unable, but it's a hugely restricted, right? Think about those times when you were in a hurry and a rush. Did you see the people around you and what they might need? Did you see what you might need when you're in a hurry? How many of you guys have been so busy you forgot to, like, just eat? You forgot to eat quality food. You forgot to actually take a nap, take a rest, sleep in, all these things. When you're in a hurry, your ability to love you and the people around you is completely hindered. Um, I love this, that hurry kills relationships, joy, gratitude, and wisdom. We are not present when we're in a hurry. How many is that true for you guys? Just raise your hand. When I'm in a hurry, I am not present, right? And if there's anything I feel like like, that I've learned that that brings life to me with this Christian faith is that we're just called to be present in this moment with him. So you can see how hurry just makes that tough. So rest was huge. So we went through a lot of that stuff. Um, I'm going to bring up um, Ashley Leal right now. She's got a great testimony. Uh, I know. She's she's all into this. I know she is. (laughs) Listen, if you live in Orange County... Like, you know, like, one of, the, one of the gods over Orange County that is served is this God of success. 
and the hustle. And I don't care if you live by the beach, you still may feel at times, I'm not doing enough, I'm not enough. And all that stuff just steals you from the purpose of God. And so learning how to rest, learning how to do what we're going to do today is going to be powerful. Anyway, I want to share his testimony. Let her share his testimony. Hi. <laughs> um, so a few weeks ago, uh, we kind of had like a family kind of traumatic uh, week. And so from that, I was left with a lot of anxiety, which I have kind of struggled with since I was a child. And I've been working through it a lot through rest and being present over the last year and a half. Um, but in this, after this week of this kind of really horrible events that just kept happening and happening and happening, we come back home and it was like five days of just feeling so much anxiety, like waking up every morning feeling like I was dreading the day. I didn't really want to take care of my kids, but of course I have to take care of my kids. So as I was moving through this week, I was like, okay, God, what do I do? And so I'm like pulling out my Bible. I'm journaling. I'm like EMDR tapping myself, like trying to process through what's going on, doing everything that I can to like just get myself to a place where I was like, God, I want to feel connected. I feel like I'm, I know you're there, but I'm not feeling it. I'm feeling so not myself right now. So as I'm going through this, about day five of this, and I'm like, my kids fell asleep at the same time for nap time, which first of all, my daughter doesn't sleep. So for both of them to fall asleep was like a huge blessing. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to take a bath. I haven't bathed myself in like five days because I've been so stuck in my head. So I'm like, all right, should I bring my Bible in the bath? Should I bring a book in the bath? Like, like something so I'm learning or I'm diving deeper. And so I finally was like, no, I'm so tired. I have been diving deeper. I've been doing all these things. So I'm like, I'm just going to go take a bath. I brought my laptop in. I put a show on. I'm like, I'm just going to relax. I'm going to take a really long bath. And in this time... God not only spoke to me through a show, like exactly what I needed to hear, but I was getting answers through text messages from people of questions I hadn't even formulated yet, like questions I had, like deep heart questions, and they were being answered, like without me asking the question. And I remember sitting on my bed and just weeping and laughing hysterically at the same time because in this moment I remembered like, uh, it's, not about, it's not about doing, and it's not about seeking, and while, yes, getting into your word is clearly, it, it brings so much life and fruit, but there are times in which the striving really distracts you from what it is God wants to do. He was there all five of those days. He was there through every moment wanting to provide me with that state of, of peace, and in that moment on the fifth day where I just stopped, it was like he met me like a tidal wave, and like the most, the best tidal wave ever, and it washed over me, and from that point forward, I've been healing from this event, and I feel like myself again. You know, I'm feeling like myself, so yes, that's my story. <laughs> and I think we're done. That was, that was, uh, <laughs> I'd say testimonies, they just bring stuff into you, don't they? They just make it real. Wow. So uh, we shared about rest and hurry and reducing some of that. Some of you guys were texting me last week that you slowed down on the freeway, but you got flicked off. So <laughs> just come on, you, you got this. <laughs> Uh, other people have texted me, sent me pictures of them standing at the long line at the grocery store. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, so you have, to read, you have to listen to the sermon if you want to get the tips. But, um, but I loved it. It, it blessed my heart. Um, I'm always thinking about this stuff. I'm always, when I'm driving especially because I tend to be quick um, and I don't need to be. So I just, I just slow down. Um, 
But I want to talk today, I want to give you a practical um, key that I believe uh, that is, is biblical and God has called us to do. And I don't think we've ever talked about it in church on a Sunday, um, but this idea of the Sabbath. Everybody say Sabbath. Yes. So the idea of a Sabbath is uh, we're going we're gonna to kind of deep dive into this. I'm going to judiciously work from my notes without going too deep because uh, I tend to write along in notes. I just get really optimistic. You ever get optimistic? You, to, you tell your wife you're going to be home at this time, but you've never been home at that time. Um, I used to do that. She's like, how come you tell me you're home at, at 2 and you're, you're, you're never, it's like 2.30, 2.45. And I had to process that and I finally realized I'm so optimistic. I don't want to tell the time I really think I'm going to be home. So I just optimistically estimate a little sooner. And because uh, I know she'll like that, right? Until you don't deliver. And, and then you got to figure that out. So anyway, I, I realized I need to change. Okay. All right. So anyway, so one of the things that I, I just wanted to bring up with us and chat, go through today is this idea of the Sabbath. Um, so we're going to hit some scriptures today. I got a bunch on the screen. I hope it'll all work out. We're going to go to Exodus, uh, Genesis 2. Genesis 2 in the beginning. Actually, that's John 1. Just kidding. All right. Um, all right, Exodus 2. So, uh, Genesis. Are you with me? Are you with me? <laughs> Where are you? Um, all right. Um, so my heart for this, my, the journey that we're going to be on this morning is understanding what's the Bible say about the, um, about the, about the Sabbath and, and what's, you know, what, what is, what's the, the Old Testament, what's the New Testament, and what's it mean for our life today, okay? So that's where you're going. If you need some path, that's where we're going. Um, Genesis 2, it says, uh, verse 1, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed. All right. Oh, sorry. <laughs> You're great. So, thus the heavens and the earth were completed and all their hosts. By the seventh day, God completed his work, which he had done. And he rested. Everybody say rested. He rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. Say sanctified. He sanctified it because in it, he rested from all his work, which God, which God had created and made. So isn't that interesting that the creator of the universe, listen, I think it's really interesting that the creator of the universe, God, who has no beginning and has no end, decided that it was good to take a break from what he was were doing. That he, he worked for six days and he rested. Actually, some scholars say that he created rest on the seventh day, which is an interesting idea. Um, other people say that the word, well, actually, that word rest actually can mean cease, cease too, which we're going to get into. But I just think it's really interesting. Why do you guys think God rested and stopped working on the seventh day? So we can flow. I love it. I love it. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I don't really know the answer, to be honest. Like, it doesn't say, and he's God, and I, I'm really careful about assuming things about him. But if he did it, it's possible that he wants us to do it if we're the image bearers, right? If we're going to bear his image, if, we, if he's love and we're called to love like he does, you'd, you'd wonder if we're called to work and rest the way he did. Okay, let's go to um, uh, Exodus. Here we go. Exodus, um, where are my notes? Here we go. Exodus 16. Sorry, guys. 
We're good? Okay, so Exodus 16, verse 4. This is Moses now. This is one of the first times we see it in the Old Testament actually act out the actual Sabbath. So Moses is taking the grumbling Israelites through the, through the, um, through the desert. They're grumbling because they're cold, hungry, and tired, and they wish they would have just left them in Egypt with their meats and their breads and, and their sleep and all that stuff. And so he, he picks it up. Then the Lord, verse 4, Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven, for you. I just love it's going to be raining bread. It's <laughs> uh, that picture, right? It's going to be raining bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, okay, that I may test them whether or not they will walk in my instruction. On the sixth day, say sixth day. Good job. When they prepare what they um, when they when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. Wow. Twice as much. Okay. You might be like, I've read that before. Cool. Let's keep going. All right. Let's move on to verse. Uh, I think it was twenty three. Then he said, this is what the Lord meant. Tomorrow is, this is the actual observance of the Sabbath. Tomorrow is the, is the Sabbath observance, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake and boil what you will boil and all that is left over put aside to be kept until morning. So they put it aside until morning as Moses had ordered. Uh, and it did not become foul, nor was there any worm in it. Moses said, eat it today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the fields. I love that. It's not going to be there anymore. Six days you shall gather, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will be none. Okay? And then it goes on to say that uh, the Israelites still went out on the seventh day, hoping maybe he wasn't telling the truth, right? I don't know. And so, listen, we're still going to try and figure out, hey, can we work a little bit harder? Can we work a little bit more and get a little bit more? Are you sure? I don't trust you. And this is what I love about the Sabbath is there's a, there's, a, there's a reality here that God is building us into a people that trust and depend on him. So this is to me the heart of what rest is and Sabbath is that the found. Oh, I know who it is. I'm just, I'm just, I want to join. No, um, it's like my kids, they bang on each other's wall at night. August, stop it. Um, so the, listen, the Sabbath and the rest, to me, if you hear when you hear Sabbath and rest, I want you to think faithfulness. I want you to think trust in the Lord, right? This is the heart of the Sabbath. We're going to get this. Okay, this is great. So let's move on. Um, I just get excited about scriptures. Exodus uh, 20, verse 8. So the Sabbath is also a commandment that we're called to keep the Sabbath. Um, so this is the fourth commandment, verse 8. Um, Verse 8, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Say holy. holy. All right, so it's holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it, in it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter, your male, your female servant, or your cattle, or your sojourner who stays with you. For in, this, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, rested on the seventh day. Before the Lord, therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Say he blessed it. Blessed. The Lord blessed this day, right? Just think about, this is what, the, the Lord blesses stuff. And, and if he blessed something, do you think it'd be good for us, right? Now, I know some of you are saying, Jesse, that was the old covenant. That was, that was the Ten Commandments. I don't know if you know, but we're new covenant Christians. It's a better covenant. We don't really do the stuff in the old covenant anymore. And like, we're, that was actually an inferior covenant, right? Like, and I'm a grace preacher. Let's, let's preach on grace, not on the law. And, and you're like, okay, well, I get that. So, 
But listen, there's also do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal. Like, is it like, brother, I'm a new covenant Christian. I will commit adultery if I would like. I will murder who I wish. That was in the Old Testament. The Lord is fine. I'm covered under the grace of the Lord. It's good, right? Amen, right? But I'm just saying, this is what some people could think. All right? Not you guys. Not us. All right. But see, listen, it's, just because it's in the Old Covenant doesn't mean it doesn't apply to us. Doesn't mean there's not life in the seed. Okay, now listen, the old, now because we're New Covenant Christians, our righteousness is not dictated by how we follow the Ten Commandments, is it? We're not actually um, measured by our works and, whole, and keeping all the law anymore. Christ, Christ died and he became our righteousness. So our identity is not, is not from our, our adhering to laws anymore. Does that make sense? So these laws don't condemn us anymore. See, the law was there, so it actually remind us that we are condemned and we need a Savior. And now that we have a Savior, the law is there just to point us to good living. It's there to protect us. See, sin is no longer, no, God's wrath is no longer because we sin. His wrath was poured out on Christ on the cross. Now sin has its own consequences, though. Does that make sense? So if you, don't, if you commit murder or commit adultery or steal, you're going to have the consequences that go along with that, right? And same thing with the Sabbath. <laughs> Did you catch that? This little phone goes, I was like, I, was like, <laughs> I don't make this up. It just... The Lord helps me preach. <laughs> so I bring in this Old Testament, the, the Ten Commandments, all that stuff, not be, partly because in my, in my history, I didn't pay much attention to the Ten Commandments, mostly because I saw that grace required a higher standard, right? Not just adultery, but don't even look lustfully at someone. And so for me, I would, I would, I would actually don't, I didn't think about the, old, the Ten Commandments very much, but I think... I know that we can't discard them. And if something says, something like as much as the Sabbath, this idea of taking a day off, of rest, something that, I don't know, maybe half of us would do if we were to be honest with ourselves. And yet, none of us hopefully murder. Hopefully. Amen. But you see my heart here. So I'm just bringing importance to this whole thing. So, um, and, and let's go to Exodus 31, 12. 31.12, and I love how this is how the Lord talks about the Sabbath. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, but as for you, speak to the sons of Israel saying, you shall surely observe my Sabbath for this is a sign, say it's a sign. It's a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. Is it the right one? It is okay. So listen, I think what was interesting to me is it says throughout your generations. Are we part of this generation? Yeah, we are. We're, part, we're being grafted in to, to, to the Jews, right? So now we are part of God's generation, his chosen, his chosen people. So that this, the Sabbath is a sign that actually sanctifies and sets us apart. Isn't that interesting that, that keeping a Sabbath actually is God's way of setting us, his people, apart from the rest of the world? Ah, it's fascinating to me. I love this because we're start, I'm trying to help you gain value for this. Does that make sense? Because I never had the value for it until I realized my world will fall apart if I don't figure out how to rest better, okay? All right. Um, 
Lastly, I want to share briefly about how serious the Sabbath is to the Lord. In the Old Testament, there was a point in, uh, I believe it's in Numbers 15, 32. Don't put it up. We're not going to put it up. But they, literally, the Israelites found a guy collecting sticks, firewood, on the Sabbath. You know, just picking up sticks, putting them in his pocket. I don't know. My son does it all the time. Um, and and they, they saw him on the Sabbath. They grabbed him, and they took him before Moses. What should we do? And the punishment for not keeping the Sabbath was death. They put the dude to death for collecting sticks. I'm just telling you, the Lord is serious about this stuff. Did you know that there's a Sabbath year? So there's a Sabbath day, right? Every, every six days and seventh day you rest. On the Sabbath year, you're, um, the Israelites were told to let all their fields, their farmers, rest. They were not allowed to work for a year in their fields. Isn't that wild? And so literally God's, God's idea, what God told them, I will, I will give you a bumper crop on the sixth year. I will give you double, just like on the sixth day. I will give you double on the sixth year so that it will, it will carry you through the seventh year and into the eighth year as you begin the crops again, right? So listen, but you can imagine what they probably did, right? This is what you and I might do if we had our own business, right? You'd be like, wow, this is six years. We are rolling. In fact, the sixth year, man, we, just, we pretty much doubled our profits. This is amazing. We sold twice as many of this and did twice as many of these services. What, do you think we should stop? No, let's keep going. <laughs> the seventh year is going to be even better. And so who knows? Maybe the Israelites did that because at some point they stopped keeping these fields on the seventh year. And so what happened in, uh, in Leviticus uh, 26, uh, and I don't share this to condemn us for not keeping the Sabbath, but, but I think it's interesting to see how the Lord treated this with his own people. And he says this, he says, I will scatter you among the nations and will draw my sword and pursue you. Your land will be laid waste and your cities will lie in ruins. Then the land will enjoy its Sabbath years all the time that it lies desolate and you're in the country of your enemies. Then the land will rest and enjoy its Sabbath. All the time that it lies desolate, the land will have the rest it did not have. During the Sabbath, you lived in it. And I honestly, I was, I don't know if I was cut personally, but I was cut in the sense of like, he is jealous for his people. So much they would put his people in captivity for not letting the land rest. It literally says, he says, I'm going to put you in captivity so that the land can rest. And when you fulfilled all the years that it was supposed to rest, I'll bring you back out. And I just, I don't know if you knew that was in the Bible. I didn't either. And that's why, and I think it's important to recognize, like the Lord, he has a reason for these Sabbaths. So do you know that if you don't rest, if you don't rest, there is a good possibility that your body will let you know it's time to rest. There's a good, if you don't rest, the world around you will let you know that you are not staying connected to love and God. And some of you guys have probably had some big breakdowns before. You maybe had anxiety attacks. They're, they're not uncommon, small ones, big ones, all that stuff. I've had little mini ones, or maybe there weren't that many. I'm an optimist, remember. And, and so, and I remember thinking to myself, like, this is not thriving. What am I missing here? And it was, I was, I was just getting too wrapped up in work, too wrapped in decisions, too wrapped in this problem, this problem, and where's the solution? And it scared, it scared the flip out of me. And so the reality is, I, th- I can only say, I can't say else than flip, I'll get a, a Yelp comment. <laughs> you laugh, I've got one. Okay, so, <laughs> so listen, it scared me though. Some of you guys have been scared too. There's a very realness too. The, way, the reason why God calls us to rest and calls us to break and take Sabbath and cease from our works is because he knows that is how we will have longevity with him. 
And so whether you're, you're, whether you're young or old, like we need to rest. Young people, they're easier, they're better at it. Us older people, we get caught up in doing enough for this situation, that situation. So I'm not going to belabor it. It's important. Amen? Amen? I will say this, though. God is not that we are in a new covenant, and God doesn't bring that kind of wrath and punishment on his people anymore. However, however, there are real things in this. If you go 10 days without sleeping, you will reap the consequences. Okay. You know, it's interesting. I was actually told I had to include this, but I think it's pretty cool. Chick-fil-A closed on Sundays, right? Let me just share it. So Chick-fil-A, the founder, um, uh, who's the founder? I just had it here. Uh, Truett Kathy, opened 1946, opened the first Chick-fil-A, kept it closed on Sundays for the Sabbath. Intentionally, not just because he thought it would help people. Literally did it so they could go to church. Okay, that was 1946. To this day, they're still closed on Sundays. Okay, but listen to this. They have, Chick-fil-A has less than one-sixth of the restaurants as the top three earning restaurants, McDonald's, Starbucks, and Subway. Okay, less than one-sixth of the number of restaurants they have Okay, with even that, Chick-fil-A actually grosses more revenue per store combined than all those. Combined, meaning that the revenue of a Starbucks, a McDonald's, and a Subway combined are still less than a Chick-fil-A. Yeah? Let's open some Chick-fil-A's. Come on now. <laughs> it's actually, my buddy opened the first Chick-fil-A in, uh, in Reading, huh? Let's be his friend. Okay, so <laughs> listen, I'm, it's crazy. It's wild. There's other stories. If you just Google, there's literally um, government contracts that, that literally said, we will not work on Sundays, but we'll take your contract. They doubled and tripled, and then they, they signed them up for a secondary contract, and it just, they blew everybody out of the water. There's, there's testimonies of companies testing this principle. It's awesome. All right. So listen, it's true. It's true for us. If you want to, if you want to challenge this world system of work, 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 work. Um, I encourage you because God is faithful. and He'll prove himself right. All right. Um, let's, go to, um, let's go to Hebrews. Are we on time? Oh, we're okay. Let's go to Hebrews. Let's go to New Testament. Hebrews 4. I'm, um, 4 1. I'm going to read out of, the, out of the, uh, the Passion. It just says some, some really just juicy words in there. It's a very poetic translation. The, juicy, yes. Um, I like it. All right, verse one, um, four one. Now the promise of entering into God's rest is still for us today. So we must be extremely careful to ensure that we all embrace the fullness of that promise and not fail to experience it. For we have heard the good news of deliverance just as they did, yet they didn't join their faith with the word. Instead, what they heard didn't affect them deeply for they doubted. For those of us who believe, faith activates the promise Faith activates the promise, and we experience the realm of confident rest. Isn't that powerful? That how do we enter into rest? We still do it through faith, right? All right, and then skip down to verse 7. For God still has ordained a day for us to enter into called today. For it was long afterwards that God repeated it in David's words, If only today you would listen to his voice and do not harden your hearts. Now if, the, now, if this promise of rest was fulfilled when Joshua brought the people into the land, meaning that the Sabbath was satisfied just being in the desert and the promised land negated the need for it, right? 
if it was fulfilled, God wouldn't have spoken later of another rest yet to come. So we conclude that there is still a full and complete Sabbath rest waiting for believers. It's waiting for believers to experience. I love that. As, there's no condemnation in that, is there? You don't hear that. There's an invitation. As we enter into God's faith rest life, that's the juicy one, we cease from our own works just as God celebrates his finished works and rests in them. So then we must be eager and to experience this faith rest life so that no one falls short by following the same pattern of doubt and unbelief. This idea of doubt that he can show up when you stop working. This idea that if you do rest, that he's going to keep working, like Ashley was saying. She begins, she literally rests, does, start, puts on a show, right? Because that is the least productive thing we could do. <laughs> and in that, the Lord delights, because she's delighting in something. And he says, listen, I got some text messages. I was waiting for you to stop moving. Here they come. I'm, telling, I'm serious. Like He's waiting for you to take your hand off the plow so that he can start blessing you. If your hand is on the plow, who's getting the glory? You might say, well, I'll just give it to him. I don't think so. Maybe the first couple rounds. But after that, you're going to think, man, you see how hard I work? You see the sweat on my brow? That's biblical. Bible talks about like working hard. It does. There's, there's realness to that. But at what point does your work become your self-works? And at what point are you going to let go and let his works take over? Some of you guys know this, but when you finally let go of like your Sundays, you're, you, know, you actually like stop working. There's people that don't come to church because they have to work. And I get that. Um, they're, they're, but there's plenty, there's still some people that work that don't, I want to be careful. So here's been my history. I hear from people, I can't stop. I can't stop. I can't afford to stop. They also say it about tithing. I can't afford to give God what's his. I can't afford to stop and let his work take over. And they say it because our thinking is still stuck in our abilities. It's still stuck in this transactional world that we live in instead of being in his heavenly realms where rest actually gets more done. We're sitting at the feet of Jesus instead of making sandwiches for him is the right choice. And so this is, this is, this is a challenge for a lot of us is recognizing that it's not easy to rest sometimes, especially when you're looking at a very real bill and you're looking at very real limited resources called time. Because you can't make more, can you? I want to take the rest of the time here to talk about the Sabbath and what it is. And, and, and there is, as I'm, as I'm learning about this more and going deep diving and trying to get just beautiful content for us to talk about, and, and I'm realizing this is a whole other message. This is a whole book. This is, this is books, right? This is, this is tons of studying and stuff. This is a series probably of a, of a quality Sabbath for you and your family and stuff. So hear me in that. We are going to do it. Uh, we are not going to do the, the level justice that maybe you want or maybe you need in that sense, but we're going to hit it enough so that we can all get started. Amen? Amen. I, honestly, the, I think God's biggest desire for us is to begin moving forward in something. When I teach people to prophesy, it's a 12-minute class because I don't want them to become experts. I just want them to start doing it. 
Because when you start doing something, the Lord is beautiful at taking over. But if you never start, sometimes you never do. Okay. So listen, um, so how to Sabbath. Um, The word Sabbath actually has multiple translations. And and I love the idea of, I'm taking some of some other people, so forgive me. Um, There's some people that are good at communicating this stuff. So I love that the word Sabbath actually has multiple connotations or meanings. One, stop, rest, delight, and worship. So we're going to hit those four things. One, so on a Sabbath, traditional Sabbath is a 24-hour period. It can start whenever you want it to. That's why I love, I think the New Testament really sets us free from the law of when to do it. Jesus says that the Sabbath was made for man and not for, and um, I'm sorry, man was made for the Sabbath, not the other way around. Meaning that we are not controlled by the law anymore. However, we honor the law and we honor its principle, okay? So Sabbath, I, so I encourage you to, t- to find a 24-hour period at some point in your week. If it's a Sunday, beautiful. You got a couple, you got worship in there already. Um, if, you, if you work on Sundays, meh, um, we can, you can take a different day. Mine, our family does Friday night to Saturday night, okay? Play with stuff. Find out what works for you. Take a Tuesday, take a Monday. If you work, if you, whatever day off it is. By the way, a day off, a day off is... Is like the, it's like the Western way of of bastardizing the San, the Sabbath. Okay, it, the, the day off is not a Sabbath. The day off is the day that you seem to get more things done than you would during the other days because now you don't have work. All right, it is for me. So, I'm const- we're we're honestly constantly as a family. Um, I'm resisting the things that feel that are not life giving um, because we have a day off to do them. And so just think about that. Your, your Sabbath is not your day off that you get to go to Home Depot and you hate going to Home Depot. Now, if Home Depot brings delight, now that's different, right? That's different. Okay. Let's go. All right. So, we're, I'm gonna, so take 24 hours. And, here's, and what do I do in those 24 hours? And like, let's talk about that. All right. This is simple. Everybody say it's simple. simple. Say, I can do this. All right. So number one, stop. We cease from all working. Say, stop. You just stop doing stuff. Stop, stop working. Stop striving. Stop put, do whatever you're doing. Stop. And stop thinking about work. Stop doing work. Stop texting about work. Stop calling about work. Okay? Just stop doing it. Stop worrying and stop letting your anxious mind toil about that work thing. That's really hard for a lot of us. Um, I've walked on the beach with my family and I couldn't turn it off. And you're like, man, Jesse, you're really broken. Yes, I needed help. All right, number two, rest, right? Say rest. rest. Say, I need to rest. Come on, come on. We rest our souls, okay? In this, we're resting our souls, not just our hands, but our souls. Sabbath does not mean you lay on the couch for 24 hours, okay? Speaking to some of you, all right? So listen, <laughs> Sabbath is we rest our souls, meaning our whole person. Physically, yes, sleep. Mentally, emotionally, we calm down, relax, process the week. Spiritually, we cease from striving and we rest in God's love through us through abiding, so you've been wondering what the word abiding and what the Lord means? Take a Sabbath and just think about it. I mean, what other day are you going to meditate on the word abiding, right? Like you're too busy. So take a Sabbath. Just take that day. Give yourself permission. I'm just going to say no to all you great friends that want to hang out with me, and I'm going to think about abiding. I don't know what you're going to do, but try that. All right, number three, delight. Say delight. delight. All right, so delight, right? God, God finishes work and called it good. He delighted in what he made. Why don't you delight in what you did for six days? Why don't you delight in where the Lord has you right now? Pamper your souls. But also, so delight is also about pampering. It's like, it's like getting it, like loving yourself. Go do stuff you want to do, you actually want to do, right? Do stuff, this is for me. I, I, I found it hard to go to do things that took a lot of time because I thought, 
I have a family, I have, I have the church, we have all these things, all these good responsibilities that I never actually gave myself a good three hours to go get a good surf session in. And, and, and to be real, like that was all on me. I had lots of time. I had plenty of time. It was how I valued the time, how I had faith to use the time for what it really needed to be used for. So some of you guys don't give yourselves into the delightfulness of life. Some of you guys aren't dreaming right now because you haven't, you're too busy. You're too hurried, okay? So delight. Eat good food. Walk in nature. Eat, drink good coffee. Micah, spend time with family or friends. Listen to music. Play games. Make, make love to your spouse if you're married. Uh, or just have fun before God. Like, just have fun. Play, do game night. I don't know. Do it all. All right, last one. Worship. Everybody say worship. Worship. Okay, listen. The Sabbath is still about about keeping it holy. The Sabbath day is still about worship. It's still about praising Him. Does that mean you got to find a worship service? No. It means you got to figure out what does worship mean to you. Is walking on the beach worship? Go for it. Is standing on a pier with nobody else around you in solitude, looking at His great nature? Absolutely, go do that. If worship is you and a guitar, invite some friends, whatever. Put a YouTube on. Have your family jump around for a half hour. Whatever. It doesn't say how long either. You do you. Find out what brings you joy. What brings you worship. Amen? All right, so let's just recap. So stop or cease from working. Rest. Let your soul be at rest. Let your body, spiritually, everything be at rest. Delight. Find joy in the things around you. Do the things that get you excited. Take an archery class. I did. Why not, right? Do stuff you didn't know you wanted to do. And lastly, worship and contemplate God's goodness. Be grateful and praise adoration. Surrender your life to him all over again. What a great thing to do on a seventh day. Get saved. I had a fun conversation. I I preached some of this message a a few, uh, I don't know, three weeks ago now at my friend's church. And this uh, really wonderful older woman came up to me and she was so sweet. <laughs> she goes, she goes, so I've got a question. I got a question. I said, yeah, what's your question? I, I just love people. And she goes, she goes, well, so on Sundays, I go to my son's house and I do his laundry. Should I keep doing that? <laughs> I was just like, oh my God, you sweet thing. <laughs> oh, I was like, you're doing your son's laundry stuff. That's, that's the cutest thing ever. Listen, I, and I, I said, listen, does, does that bring you joy? Do you delight in doing his laundry? And she goes, uh, she goes, she goes, well, no. <laughs> I said, well, two things come to my mind. One, you're in process. You're working through this place of work on a Sabbath, on the Sabbath day. Hey, there's grace for you. The other thing I said is you might want to, well, I had a couple of thoughts go through my head, but this was not a pastoral call. We were not going to have a counseling session um, about enabling. But, but listen, I said, let's honestly, could you do it a different day of the week? Or could you move your Sabbath? And she goes, yeah, I could do that. I'm like, cool. This is great. But I could see that she, yeah, I could see like the, in the fear in her eyes of like, am I doing it right? Right? And so listen, I want you to tell us one thing first is like, just be bad at this until you're good. Like there's no being bad at this at all, period. But just recognize that just try something out. 
if you're a beginner at this stuff, just take an hour or two, whatever, just relax. Go find out what delight looks like. If it's been a while since you've taken time for yourself, go do that. Also recognize sometimes family outings are not delightful. <laughs> so you've got to put boundaries around stuff. Make sure those family outings don't happen on your Sabbath. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I'm, she's shaking her head at me. All right, never mind. Just kidding. Just kidding. Do them anyway. All right. So you can't, <laughs> I want to say this to you. You can't fail or succeed at the Sabbath. You're under grace. Okay, you're under grace. God is more concerned about progress than perfection. If you spend, if you didn't spend, uh, if before you worked seven days in your mind and your heart and actually action, like meaning you never stopped having anxiety around work or this or whatever, um, maybe taking four hours a, a week is a huge win, right? So work on this stuff. Maybe just start off small and start to get bigger and bigger. Maybe start this off by having a little Sabbath dinner. Have a, have a Shabbat where you, where you have a dinner with your family and you say, hey, we're starting the Sabbath this week, today, and maybe light a couple candles in honor. And there's, there's, there is so much about, about the practice of the, of the Sabbath and Shabbat dinner and so much stuff. You guys are smarter than me, some of you, so you know all this. You've been doing it. Our wife, my wife and I are like, we're, we're, we're learning and growing it, but it's still a lot of fun because we know we're following the Lord and, and, and it's going to produce beautiful fruit in us. So just be, just be, be okay with slowly. Um, and I'll say this, of all, of, of all the things that Jesus did in his time, one of the most countercultural things was resting, especially for us. So I hope you hear this, that this is a really good thing to grab a hold of. Do I expect our whole church to now to, to do Shabbat dinners and stuff? And um, Maybe I'll go over to Tiffany's house and something like that. And, but <laughs> but <laughs> no, I don't expect you all to do these things. I, I didn't do them. I didn't have value for them. I didn't have value for a lot of stuff that I didn't know about. So I'm hoping now I just want to let us know like, this is real. This is really good. It's not just about rest. By the way, Jesus is our rest. We enter into rest through him, through his finished works. Right. And you got to recognize that. You don't, you're not, but at the same time, there is a, there is a, there's a, there's a faith that works through works. And so there's a, so literally to have, to step into that rest, sometimes we have to put our, take our hands off the plow. God's not going around saying, stop working, take your hand off the plow. <laughs> so there's, there's an action involved, right? So stepping into the rest of Christ is, is this. It's also every day of of the week, stepping out of unhurried life. That rhythm of rest. So back to that, creating rhythms of rest. Say rhythms of rest. This won't work if it's one thing you do, like a book you read and you don't remember what you read. Okay? This is something you actually have to create a rhythm around. Amen? All right. And I don't know if I'm going to keep reminding you. So this is, is, we're just going to do this. Hopefully your friends are doing it and you're like, oh, I was supposed to do that. Yeah, come on. Do it. Okay. Go to the beach. Okay, I think that's everything. Um, I want you to stand with me. We're going to have lunch after this. It's going to be awesome. I love doing church lunch because it's just before church, I have like 10 conversations I would really love to have with all of you, maybe 20. And I don't get to have them. So lunch is a great time when you all get to just hang out and chat with each other and see where everybody's at. Uh, but let me pray for us. Um, I, I feel like I, I, love, I love challenging us, but I also love encountering encounter with the Lord. I want to let him talk to you right now. I want, I'm going to ask the Lord a question. And the question is, what can I do to begin a Sabbath? All right? 
Um, I don't know if some of you guys are afraid of this. You're like, I don't have time. I work on Sunday. I don't know when this is going to work out. I, I, don't know, I don't know what's going on in your life. I do know this, that there is time. There is time for a Sabbath in your life. And the step one is believing that, okay? I promise you guys, I promise, I promise, promise, promise that rest and Sabbath will heal the issues that you're working through right now. I promise you, you're having marital problems, you're having personal issues, financial issues, you're having anxiety issues, you're having health issues. I believe, I believe that the Lord's answer for most of that stuff is rest. And the Sabbath is just a beautiful way to create structure for something that God asks us to do. So put your hand on your heart. I want to ask the Lord this question. He's going to speak to you loud and clear because he is the God of clarity. So Father, would you just, would you begin to speak to each person here in a loud, still, quiet, big, some voice, God, into their imagination of their heart, however you speak to people here, and you do because you said it, your sheep hear your voice. Would you speak to them? How would you tell them? Where to begin with the Sabbath? And if some of you are already doing the Sabbath, ask the Lord what he would like to do more, how he would like to adjust it, change, add to it, enrich it. Amen. Hey, raise your hand if you got something from the Lord right now. You heard something. Raise your hand. Raise it really high. Come on, raise it high. Come on, awesome. This is the church that God speaks to. That's incredible. That's incredible. It was not my experience growing up. You guys are awesome. All right. Father, we bless you. I pray for today, God, you're amazing. I pray that today and the rest of this, I pray you teach us to Sabbath, teach us to rest. Again, teach us to find the long line at the grocery store, to, to slow down on the freeway. I pray you teach us to, to stop for the one in front of us, to not be in a hurry, that we would not see the people around us that need to hear from us, Lord. I pray you'd put people on our hearts this week, God, that, to, that we would slow down for that person, to be like Christ to the people around us, Lord. Lord, teach us to delight to stop, to worship God, Lord, to cease from our striving, Lord, and to enter into your rest, Lord. Lord, this is by your grace alone, by your grace, God. We thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Hope you enjoyed this week's Sunday sermon. We pray you experience all God has for your life.